What's the impact of network automation on your career with Rich Martin? Episode 84. How do we get network engineers? How do we get you to adopt network automation? I am joined by Rich Martin this week to discuss to discuss why you should adopt network automation today, right now. What's the value in it for you? What's the impact on your career if you do not adopt automation? That's what this show is all about. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets out there. We have another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster. They're faster, my friends, than those gigabytes. We strive to provide real-world context around technology. What is up, everybody? I hope everyone is doing great this week. Zig Ziggy here, and welcome to episode 84 of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast. Once again, my name is Zig Ziga, and I am here to help you with network engineering, network design, and network architecture. And today, we are going to explain why you need to adopt network automation right now. And we're going to talk about the impact if you do not adopt it. Joining me today is my friend, Rich Martin, and he is going to help me achieve this goal of our episode today. He's going to help me provide an understanding to you of what the impact of automation is on your career. Hey, real quick, before we jump right in, let's hear from today's sponsor. It's me. All of these shows are brought to you by Zigbits, by me. 99% of the content we create is free to everyone in this community. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a network engineer, a network designer, network architect. It doesn't matter where you are in your network engineering journey. All of this content, 99% of this content is free to consume, free for you to enjoy, to learn, to grow. We have podcast episodes. We have YouTube videos. We have webinars, free monthly webinars. We have a Discord community. And once again, all of this stuff, all of these things are free to you. And free is my favorite color. Hey, if you want to, if you don't know about all these things, all these other offerings, all these other items that are free, head on over to zigbits.tech to check all of this stuff out. It's all there. Links to YouTube, links to other past podcast episodes, links to our webinars, both past webinars and future webinars that we've scheduled. And then of course, a dedicated link to that Discord community so you can chat with me and fellow network engineers, network architects, and network designers live right now. Hey, okay, so we are literally, and I mean literally, about to open the doors on our network design course literally any single day. Now, remember, if you haven't heard, it's a vendor agnostic, certification agnostic design course. Of course, you can use it for studying for the uh, CCDE and also the CCNP ENSLD, um, but it's not just limited to those, right? It's not necessarily targeted to those. It's targeted to become the best network designer you can be. Now, this past week, I asked the Ziglets in the Zigbits Discord community, I asked them a question. Now, if you want to join that community, you can go to zigbits.tech discord uh, to join and, and, and partake in those conversations. The question I asked was if they would like me to launch my network design course with six stages completed or wait until the rest of the stages are completed. The answer, the implication here is that I'm going to have six stages completed this month. Do they want me to launch it this month? Or do they want me to wait until the rest of the stages are done? I had an overwhelming amount of responses. Why not be agile, Zig? Why not open it up? You could change someone's life with what you have already published. And this last one I want to highlight is, 
someone could literally get a new job because of what you have already created. So these are huge, right? These implications are huge. And so obviously the quick answer was like, well, duh, of course, I'm going to open it up then. As soon as stage six is done, I'm opening it up. But the key here is that the Zigbits community, the Ziglets in our Discord server have spoken. And for those that don't know, that's a Mandalorian reference. The Ziglets in our Discord server have spoken. Last week, I finished stage four and stage five. They're out there for the early adopters to, to consume, to provide feedback. And I am in the middle of completing stage six right now. I don't know how long it's going to take. It is a big stage. But as soon as it's done, I will be officially launching this course. Hey, if you want to hear more about this, feel free to join the waitlist, the email list at zigbits.tech slash network design, all one word. Our guest today is my friend, Rich Martin. Rich is a senior technical marketing engineer at Itential. Now, previously, Rich has worked with several networking vendors as both a pre-sales systems engineer and a systems engineering manager. Rich started his career with a background in software development and Linux. So kind of familiar to my background, software development, um, a software kind of computer science degree. He has a passion for automation and the networking domain at Itential. Rich helps networking teams get started quickly and move forward successfully on their network automation journey. Hey, Rich, thanks for joining me today. I really do appreciate, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Zig. Thanks for having me on the uh, the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, I think it'll be really interesting today. We're going to talk about some automation and network engineers and kind of merging the two. Um, so I think it's going to be a really great show, great conversation. Uh, real quick, hey, can you give us kind of an introduction on who you are, what you do, maybe a couple minutes overview of who you are? Yeah, certainly. Um, name's Rich Martin. Currently, I'm the uh, senior technical marketing engineer at a company called Itential. Uh, it's I-T-E-N-T-I-A-L. It's constantly uh, people are using different names for it, but Itential. Um, and don't let the name marketing and, you know, marketing get in the way of technical engineer. I'm a networking person, um, for a long time now. I got into networking through computers. I have a programming background, writing like serial communication apps. I don't want to <laughs> You're dating yourself. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but got started in the mid nineties, uh, starting my own ISP. So in the old, oh. yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, bringing a lot of that programming experience that I started with, it got me into technology, into networking, and I kind of shifted my whole career into networking. And so this whole idea of like, how do we automate network stuff has been like nagging me for decades now, like literally for decades now. And so, you know, I, I started an ISP, worked in a lot of ISP cable companies, managing, building, architecting, you know, their networks. Uh, and then I went, uh, you know, over to, some might say the dark side to the vendor, yeah. the pre-sales engineer. Um, and, and really, it's the same idea. Like, what had I learned, you know, having built these networks? And then how can I help people using the right technology to continue to build, you know, stable, scalable um, networks where they could sleep at night? Because I still remember, like, you know, I want to sleep at night as a network yes. engineer, right? Like, good night sleep is something we all deserve. Um, and so having worked there, but again, like the whole idea of how do we get networking and automation together? Because uh, it needs to be there. And uh, now we're, we're getting to a point where we have to have it, right? The network is, the, the whole concept of what a network has is has changed quite a bit, right? And accelerated. And so um, so that's where, where I'm at it with Attential is I try to advocate for the network engineer, the network practitioner in this new world of, you know, what does a network look like? What is it comprised of? And all of the tools and things of, of that nature to help people get into the automation game. 
that are specifically, you know, network engineers or maybe not practitioners that have a programming background. And, uh, and Itential fortunately shares that same view, that same philosophy. We believe automa- all automation is good. And uh, getting network, the network engineer into this world is like, it's, it's inevitable. It's an, it, we must have this. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that, man. So a couple of things, right? So I also have a computer science programming background. Um, I remember like years and years ago when I was first getting into networking and I'm not going to date myself. I'm just going to say that I was trying to automate like logging into devices uh, and saving the configurations with a VB script. Um, so this is back before we had all these automation tools. And honestly, the VB script was like send keys. Like, I don't know if you remember like the send keys commands. And like, if you messed up what window was in focus on your computer, like it ruined the script. It ruined the script. Like it just, right. it, it wouldn't work because you're using send keys. And that was really, really bad. But, um, but yeah, you know, I remember like going through and changing IP addresses and saving configs and changing like SNMP strings and whatnot and doing it to like 300, 400 devices. So um, this was years and years ago too. So it's interesting to see how this has evolved, right? The network has evolved and then what we do with the network has evolved over the last 20 and 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. I could share an experience too with, with expect scripts. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> expect came out and, and, and it was, it was playing roulette, right? I mean, it was great because it was great in the sense that you could basically batch up a bunch of commands, but if an error popped in, like you were saying, you know, in, in the case of an expect script, you know, if I was doing this over an out of band serial interface, and there was some sort of line noise that popped up and it just jammed the expect script because it's, it's looking for a prompt to continue. There's no deterministic way to tell, hey, did this IP address change actually work? You know, there's no way to really test that. And so it was like this half mode of, of automation where you still had a human looking over everything, overseeing it. Yep. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was only a slight bit forward. You know, and, and, and once you hit like a, a catastrophic failure, so it's it's one thing to do it over one device, iterate that over, like you said, 300 devices. Yep. And so there's a trust and confidence that has to be built up, not only in the tools and the skill set. And, uh, you know, fortunately, once you hit like the catastrophic automation problem with those really low quality tools, your confidence and trust is eroded. It's like, yeah, can't do that anymore. I might as well do it. <laughs> But it's like unwinding this mess is is worse than just doing it, you know. Well, you could yeah. break things too if you're not careful, right? Like I remember those send keys, like that VPS stuff, right? If I change something incorrectly, there's no validation in that, right? It makes that change. And if it, <laughs> if I mess up the routing or something, now that device is offline. I mean, there could have been a lot of issues back then um, if I had known. So, so we kind of dived in, right? So the whole point of today's show is how to get network engineers to adopt network automation. Um, so I, I like to kind of start this this idea with why does this matter to you, right? In your words, uh, Rich, why does this matter? Yeah, um, it matters, well, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, we talked about a few of them, that there are monumental amounts of devices out there that, that, that need to change, like hundreds thousands in some cases, depending on the, on the organization. We're talking about configuration changes. We're talking about like, you know, network software upgrades. We're talking about even, even things like, uh, you, know, you know, massively changing IP addresses for NTP servers or SNMP strings. Or, you know, there's all these changes that need to be made. And as the network has scaled, and I'm just talking about, you know, the network, like the physical network, network that's built on physical devices. You know, as that, as we scale the amount of devices in the network, 
making a simple change on one or two, like that's not even on the table. We got to change hundreds or thousands. And uh, so automating that part of it is certainly important at scale. We want our, our companies we work with or work for to succeed. We want that means the network's going to grow. And if the network grows and expands, we need to use automation as basically table stakes as a tool that we have as networks grow. And not just like, like I just said, like we have networks that were built primarily on physical devices, but now we have virtual devices, virtual networking components, and even cloud native stuff, which is a whole different world on its own. And so how do we not only automate what we have, what, we, what we're now getting into and in, in, in the future, all of this is, is done. And the second thing is, you know, automation for our bosses and our bosses, bosses all the way up the chain, you know, in our, in our organizations, they understand automation. Like, look at AWS. You can spin up a, you know, I can click a few buttons and I can spin up a web server, but that's not all that's spinning up. It's spinning up all kinds of networking stuff at the same time. And so everybody understands this now, that it should be easy to automate network stuff. And that's not necessarily the case. And it hasn't been the case for a while, but the, there's now this conditioning that everybody's like, well, hey, it, it's possible. I see it done every, every day. Why can't we do it? And so now there's an expectation, like we have to be able to do this. And if you look at like enterprises and their digital transformation plans and how they can drive more, you know, data to their customers and self-service and be more responsive to the customers, what's at the, what's at the heart of all that, that sometimes is overlooked? Networking. Networking is the key to all this. Yes, yes. So I've been saying for a while now that the network's an unstated requirement that like um, years and years ago, it wasn't a thing, right? It was like, oh, yes, have, let's have the internet. Sure, we'll, we'll take it. Why not? We don't need it, but we'll have it. Now it's like, well, I, I, I didn't say I needed it, but yeah, I need it. Like it's an unstated requirement. I, I need the internet. I need redundancy, reliability, availability. And all, yeah, I need it to scale and automate and, and all these other things to make it really awesome for my applications and my services that I'm building, right? Again, a business nowadays, that's what they need. They need that. Um, and again, they don't say it. They just don't say it, which is quite interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think like the other thing that we that network engineers and this is part of what I'm trying to to help net the network engineering world at large understand is that we kind of get this idea that maybe we've already got some automation in place and that's true. So if you look at how the the progression of of, you know, the network has been, we're starting to see more like controllers or orchestrators or directors, you know, managing a set or a network domain. You know, good examples are like wireless. You know, there's a wireless controller of some sort that's managing all the APs out in the field or SD-WANs, another good example. There's a controller or a director or whatever they want to call it as the whoever's providing the solution. And, and it manages configurations and even routing policies and things like that for all the remote offices. And so there is a there is definitely a you know more tools to automate and those things arguably do automate for those domains which used to be, you know, think about managing all of your APs, you know, via CLI um, you know manually, right? So there is some automation taking place there, but from a networking perspective, I believe that first of all, like, let me let me be straight with you. We should be we as network engineers should be leading the whole automation, you know, uh, strategy because for two reasons. Number one, um, we have a very unique position in an, in an organization. We, we touch all of the other technologies. We transport all of those other technologies. And so our unique position is, you know, understanding what goes over that. 
that technology. And, and, and a smart network engineer and a driven network engineer will learn to understand the technologies that are riding over his network. And I think the second thing is history proves the capability and the resiliency of a network, a network practitioner to learn new things. You know, and, 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 and I, well, think about it, like voice over IP, right? Yeah. Where did that start? That started with, with transitioning a legacy PBX or voice network onto Ethernet. And then the tools and the features started, you know, getting baked into the, to, to all the, the network devices. And then what did the network engineer have to do? He had to learn this new voice stuff. You know, maybe not a perfect expert in everything, but ultimately, where are the voice teams now? That, like, that's a great. Li- that's a great analogy, right? That's a great example that like network engineers always have to learn every day, and, and something else comes out, right? And so, why is it? It's pretty fitting for network engineers to learn automation uh, and some of the skill sets. But so let's let's ask this question, right? And it's totally we did not script any of this as always, right? Um, do we have to be full time programmers? Like, do I have no. to go know how to write like a really, really in-depth program that's going to be leveraged somewhere else? The answer, the answer is no. Um, and, and, and the reason why is, you know, there are so many tools and frameworks and, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but the answer is no. Now, you know, maybe in the earlier days where network you know, the lack of network controllers, the lack of, you know, Python and, and all these different libraries and frameworks and Ansible, you know, maybe you did have to know a lot more about writing code, right? And that was a big, that was a big barrier to entry. That's a huge barrier to entry. Yeah. So what we're talking about there is like what, like functions and variables and yeah, uh, methods yeah. and, and all those I mean, things. It's, it, yeah. You're, you're writing it from scratch, basically, you know? And, and that's, that was a big barrier to entry, but over time, there have been more and more tools that require less and less programming know-how, but at the same time, and I, and I do liken this to like the whole voice over IP shift is that you don't have to be a, a, you know, a hardcore programmer, but you do have to understand some programming concepts in order to be, to work in, in that environment. Now, what I think is, it will be interesting is I think that over time, I think network engineers will enjoy the, the ability to write code, not all of them, but some of them will, because there is a great amount of flexibility and creativity that, uh, that exists with writing code um, that I think people will, once they get, okay, I can do stuff without spending a year and a half learning all these new, you know, tools and writing code and, and all this other stuff that once they start to see the value of, of how these, how these tools and, and, and how these things can help them write automation on the network, that gets them involved into understanding and learning more. And I think that's one of the biggest barriers to entry is that people historically, they said, I don't, we don't have the tools in order to do this. I've got to learn basically another job. I don't have time to do that job. Right. Cause the network is growing and there's always this backlog time. of stuff going on that time you know? right there. Oh. Yeah. There's a so, lack of time and, and I can't do it. Like when I go home, I'm exhausted. Oh yes. <laughs> Come on. Oh, so, so let's, let's, I did a study. I did a little study, not a long study, just a little study. Uh, I don't know when it was, it might've been last year sometime um, where I said, okay, here's what we have to do from a network engineer perspective. We have to, one person has to go and update this, this config template on a hundred devices. 
or let's say 25 devices or something like that, right? I did, I did the math. I don't know exactly what the math was. I think I averaged, it took five minutes to log in, SSH in, make the changes on each device. I think I averaged like five minutes saying that's how long it's going to take to do it on one device. And if that engineer is doing it all day long, how many can they do in a day, right? And then how many, how many can they do in, you know, a week and I did the math out, right? And then I was like, okay, now let's let's indoctrinate automation. And if we leveraged automation, you know, that that return on investment, and I think that's this is critical. I think this is a critical benefit. Uh, I'm being long-winded, but that's the point here is that for that and networking team, but that also the business, there's a there's a threshold, and I think the threshold's about an hour or or like it might be four hours. There's a threshold where automation gives you back time after that period of time, right? So it's what that means is that you could have a thousand devices, you could have 10,000 devices, and that engineer is going to take a lot longer to complete going to every single one of those devices, logging in, doing its changes, validating those changes, and then going to the next device. Whereas automation is going to do it synchronized, if that makes sense, if that's the right word, I don't know if that is. But like all those devices are going to get done at the same time. And it's like, you just save so much time. I think I did the math and it was like, literally you could complete it in eight hours. What you, what it takes someone to complete in like a month. It was crazy. And so if you put that into perspective of what else can you focus on as a, as a network engineer, what other business efforts can you actually dedicate your time to business projects building in new revenues new money coming into that organization oh it's amazing what the impact of automation can truly do for a business absolutely you you hit on so many um solid points and and one of the things that i i also try to never forget is like how do we make the quality of life for a network engineer better and part of that is part of that is and like here's here's what's always swept under you know, the rug, you know, like I, I really need to fix this se- section or this part of my network. And I, and, and it's been like this for months, maybe years, and I don't have the time to do it. It's working. Like how many times have we deployed something just ad hoc, right? And just said, okay, it's working because there's an emergency or something. And, and, and the intention was always, I will definitely get back to it. I don't like the way that we put that in there. Maybe we're lacking some redundancy. Maybe we need some other routing protocols running across this you know, but I'm going to go back and fix it. And then the time to fix it just never shows up because there's so much other stuff going on. And and that to me is one of the key benefits is improving the quality of life for the network engineer. Because it's, I remember, like we talk about like going home and I'm just exhausted, but by the way, if something breaks while you're at home, you're coming you're back in, you're coming back <laughs> in, <laughs> you're going back in. So, so there's always this, this sword hanging over their head and yes. And there's a hole that's been dug that they have to, to get out of. And, and so it takes time, but the time is well worth it. And that's what you've illustrated. And, and when we help our customers build these automations, it gets kind of ridiculous the amount of time that gets saved. In fact, sometimes we feel like, wow, if we publish these numbers and they're accurate because the customer is giving them back to us and saying, that this is actually how much time we're saving now. People are like, I don't believe it. But you've seen it yourself in your own test. It's 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 a it's a, a, a obnoxiously large amount of time that gets saved. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to when you start adding more devices, right? It, it, the scalability factor there, the exp- it's exponentially like crazy, especially if it's one single change or a workflow of those changes, right? And there's you add you inject variables for the different devices, but like you know once you have those variables identified. 
I mean, the, the automation just takes it and goes. And then, oh, guess what? It adds validation of the changes. And if it runs into an issue, it rolls back. Like it, it just says, nope, we're not doing anything. Like, hey, we hit an issue on this device. We rolled everything back. And it tells you, like it tells you, because back in the day when I was doing those VB, you know, VB scripts, eh, eh, there's no validation. Like, I mean, I didn't realize how potential of an issue I would have caused. And I was working on a network that you didn't want to bring down. Um, and so it, well, you don't want to bring any network down, but, but <laughs> so go there. Um, the impact, it, it's such a huge impact, right? But now you have the ability to like do this with full validation and then a fail, a failure state, like a failure state that's still going to be good. And you don't, I mean, that's, that's critical, right? Um, so here's, here's a question, right? Uh, so we're talking about how good, how great automation is. And I think everyone that's listening is going to know this, right? They're, by now they know that, hey, automation, I need, to, I need to spin up on automation, right? I need, to get, I need to get over that hump. I need to figure out automation. So my question to you would be like, what's the ramp up to be able to do something like this, right? Is that three months, six months, a year? Is it two weeks? Like what's the ramp up if I know nothing about automation today and I want to be able to do some simple tasks and we'll get into use cases in a minute, but just think of a simple task, right? And I want to automate that task on a thousand devices or 500 devices. What's the starting time period to, to being able to do that in a production network? Do you think? Um, yeah, let's break that up a little bit. So, a lot of it is going to depend on if you've got some experience. Here's what's interesting to me. You know, network engineers know a lot more that they're, they're giving credit for, right? A lot of them know, know, know like, you know, Linux systems really well. They operate well in Linux systems. Like maybe there's some analogy there, CLI versus CLI, right? That's the world that they've come from. So they're very experienced in that. So building, you know, a set of tools or getting a set of tools is as easy like in a Linux system is, you know, is apt-get, you know, Python, you know, using Git, using like pip, using all the tools they may already be familiar with to at least pull in the languages or the frameworks of the applications like Ansible. What is really cool today is there's so many pre-existing, you know, assets for automation. So if you have some experience in Python and you want to go into the Python side of, you know, automation, there are not only frameworks to help build, but then the scripts that are like, hey, here's how to make a modification on a, on a port. Something simple, right? It's already and, and, built and, for you. Yeah, it's already built for you. And ah. so, so learning is not necessarily starting from scratch, but it's modification. And during the modification of those assets, you are learning, right? Because one of the most frustrating things for a network engineer is I know what I want to do. I know exactly the technical detail of what I want to do. How do I do it, right? And so... Yeah. So like, that's what they'll have to overcome. It, it's a different kind of ways to do it. So look at like, where, where's your skill set lie? Do you have some programming background? Okay. Maybe, maybe you go to Python or is that something that you're, you're interested in? Like, what is your interest level? But you do have to be intentional and make the dedicated effort knowing that what we, what we're telling you is it, the, the time is well spent as an investment for not just your organization, which is ultimately, you know, what is you're all working for a paycheck to help the organization succeed, but even for your own quality of life. And so you have to make the investment, but you could get started. You know, I would always say, go to a lab, build trust and confidence, you know, in your automations and, uh, you know, have things set up and then start small. You know, how long does it take? I mean, dare I say a week? I don't know. <laughs> don't well, be a cowboy. Don't so be a cowboy. 
I mean, I haven't really touched automation yet. Let's be real, right? So I'm studying for the Cisco DevNet Associate exam. Um, but again, I haven't really done much. I do have a programming background, right? But I don't really know Python. Um, I know Ansible a little. I use it a couple times, not much. Um, but that's really it, right? Like, honestly, like, I haven't programmed since my degree. I haven't done any VB, <laughs> VB scripts since, you know, when VB pretty much died. Um, I don't know if it's still dead or not. I think it is probably. But everything's doing PowerShell nowadays anyway. Um, so, like, for me, like, like if I wanted to set up a lab real quick, I have a whole bunch of labbing resources. I could jump into Eve NG and throw in some routers and switches. But if I want to automate, if I truly want to automate, I mean, what, what, what are the tools, right? I'm sure there's a ton of tools. What, what are the tools that would get me kind of up and running as quick as possible? Yeah. So with a programming background, maybe, yeah. maybe you take a look at Python, right? So you, you do an install of Python, whether Windows or, or Linux. Uh, you pull down some libraries that, that, that do the communication layer to a network device, you know, via SSH. Maybe, maybe it's, it's CLI driven. If it's API driven, um, you know, maybe there's some other libraries and tools that you use within Python, but you'll start learning the initial like, okay, what does a Python script look like? What is a, you know, how do I include these libraries and modules and things like that? And then what are, what are the calls? So, so, you know, that like with a programming background, you probably have a good feel for what lang what a programming language looks like. And you have a foundation from which to compare, um, you know, Python. Um, if you don't have that programming background, maybe you start with an Ansible, which its point, its point of view is you shouldn't have to learn programming to do automation. And so it uses, you know, a configuration file called YAML. Uh, YAML ain't a markup language, I think is what it stands for, a recursive name. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and, it, and it defines in a very strict and structured way, you know, here is your inventory of devices. Here is your, you know, here's your grouping of devices. And then here, you know, you, there's all kinds of modules that connect to network elements and not just network elements. Uh, Ansible is used for system in, by system administrators. You can connect to things in the cloud with it. But it comes with all this kind of prepackaged into 700 plus modules oh, wow. that you can leverage. <laughs> and so there's all these playbooks and scripts that already exist to do basic things. And now once you get the environment set up, pull down a script, do something very simple. Like I said, port change, IP address change, um, and then start to understand, okay, if I make a change here, you know, does that make a change in the configuration and start to build that reference framework between Okay, if this, when I change the configuration, or I, where do I add things in the inventory? I'm, I'm making a change to one thing. Here's my inventory file. Now, if I add all, you know, all 10 of these network devices into there, and that change can get propagated to all of them if I run the script once and learn how to troubleshoot and debug in, in those environments. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, it's as easy as that nowadays versus, you know, years ago where basically you were on your own, you know, e even to the point of like, how do I connect to a network device? Yeah. You know, like those, those primitives and fundamentals have already been solved in these tools. And now it's just a matter of, I know what I want to do. How do I go and do it using the, the, the predefined libraries and, and methods and calls that, you know, that particular framework or solution uses. So it's, it's, it's a lot better nowadays, but, but again, it does require the intention to learn and maybe picking up some development, some development skills. You know, at least being under, understanding like file formats and not being scared off by weird acronyms like JSON or API. Yes, yes. <laughs> They're scary, you know? I mean, YAML, JSON, API, oh my. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know what? Network engineers, we are the kings of acronyms. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Every routing <laughs> protocol and every 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 technical protocol out there has a an acronym. Like we get tested more on acronyms than anybody in the industry, I think. Wow. That is a true <laughs> statement right there, I think. Um, okay, cool. So I, I like that. Thank you. So let's go into some use cases. What are some sure. valid use cases that you've seen both from like a basic use case all the way to maybe some sort of workflow use cases? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And it constantly comes up. Um, let me step back for a minute. When, when I talk to colleagues or potential customers, uh, you know, they ask us about the use cases. And I like to just take a moment and say, you know, you, you think about your day as a network engineer, you're probably in the morning already working on some high priority thing, you know, that has to get done because it's related to a, you know, if, you know, maybe a customer, an end customer or your internal customer, you know, that has to get done. And, and if that's something that now you're repeating over and over and over, like these changing IP addresses, you know, on 500 devices is not intellectually stimulating, right? It's very, <laughs> it's very mind numbing, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's very boring. And so these are the things like that immediately start to pop up in people's heads when they start thinking in this, like, what does my day look like as a network engineer? I hate doing these port changes or I hate getting this, this list of things that I have to do. And it's like the most repetitive thing over and over and over again. And that's typically where network engineers start. You know, they, they think, okay, if I could just get this off my plate, then I could do more higher order dare I say, more fun stuff to do in the network, you know, versus this repetitive thing. And by the way, sometimes I'm the only one that knows how to do it. And so it, it always lands on my, and I don't even have time to, to teach somebody else that this task because I'm the guy that deployed it. I'm the guy that understands it. And, and, and it has to get done in such a tr critical time frame that I just need to get it done and off the plate, but it still takes hours. You got to drop what you're doing and do it, right? You're the only yeah. person that can do it yeah. and, and you got to get it done. You got to get it done today. Yep. Totally yeah. get it. So, so some of those things that pop up, like, you know, we have a list of like a top 10, right? And it's so, it's so interesting when we sit down in front of network engineers, it's almost like they're ordering off a menu and they're really hungry. It's like, oh yeah, number one, I would really love to be able to get all of my network devices on the, on the, on the, you know, the latest or at least the most stable, you know, software version, network OS version, right? For that device. Like, I would love to do that. Um, uh, configuration management and compliance and checking. Like, yes, my, my parts of my network are not in compliance, you know, with maybe small <laughs> things or very important things. I would really love to do that. And in fact, if I could do that, then maybe I could do some of these other things that are on your list, you know, um, any kind of changes, repetitive changes to like load balancers that may be, you know, as part of a, a customer service that's, you know, br being brought up, brought down, modified change, whatever, like, you know, if you've got a data center and you're doing like a bunch of VLAN changes or adding VLANs to trunk ports, you know, like all of these things, you know, it's even things like device onboarding, you know, oh, if it's one or two devices, that's no big deal. But what if it's hundreds of devices, not even hundreds? What if it's like 30 devices? Oh, 30. Yeah. yeah you know, like even a small amount of devices for a small team can 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 take up lots and lots of time. Hey, and so, so, as we so go real quick, these, I want to yeah. jump on something. So you said something about adding VLANs to trunks, right? None of us have ever added VLANs to trunks and not, you know, hit the add command, right? Like that's, I'm thinking Cisco here, so I'm sorry. But like, if you're out there and you've ever used a trunk and you've added VLANs to a trunk before, I can guarantee there's been a chance or a time where you added the VLAN, but you forgot to use the keyword add and you pretty much destroyed your trunk. 
right? So, so this this that's a great use case right there. I mean, that's something that's that I think will resonate. Most people have probably done that or know someone that's done it. So, here we could automate that, and then you don't ever have that user error, and that's another issue here. User errors are are removed, right? Like, that's true. That's absolutely true, and and that's part of of consistent, you know confidence and trust in your automation is the whatever you write can't be just the change. It has to be the process that a network engineer would go and even before the change happens, like a, you know, a pre a, a pre-check, so to speak, to say, hey, I need to make sure these things are in place before I do any of this, right? And then make the change and then you need to validate that the change was made correctly, you know. So maybe you're looking at the um, the configuration, but you're also looking at the state of the network. Can I ping this? Is you know, can I ping all these devices? Because like you said, if you've just replaced ten VLANs with a single VLAN, uh, you know, a bunch of devices are just going to drop off the network, and uh, you know, you, you've got to know that. And I think the other piece of that is, you know. A lot of times when we when network engineers do these repetitive tasks, they're very good at doing it, but you're multiplying the ability for human error to creep in as well. And, um, you know, that, that is a part of building an automation. It's not just doing the work. It's making sure the process is followed. It's not a shortcut in that sense. You still want to make sure that process that you as a network engineer, that's in your mind, that's basically, you know, it's subconscious at this point, you know, exactly what you're looking for. You know how to make the change and no, you need to validate that the change was made correctly and everything, the state of everything is exactly as it ought to be. Um, and then transferring that into your automation. So, so I want to I want to unpack something you said, right? I think this is actually critical. So, you mentioned something. I'm gonna not gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase or have it. The wording's gonna be wrong, I'm sure. But uh, the process you should follow to create a valid automation workflow for a network engineer. And one of the things I want to open up that process in your head. Like I want to actually write down what that process is in your own words. So, what's the first thing you would do? Well, I, yeah. So, so the first thing that that I think a network engineer would would gravitate towards is how do I solve the backlog problem, my most pressing backlog problem, right? Um, and so we named quite a few of these things. So, you know, for doing VLAN changes, if that's my most pressing back, you know, backlog problem, um, you do want to solve the problem itself of making the change, but at the same time, you want to also, I, I would take a step back and say along with that most pressing problem, analyze some of the other most pressing, you know, backlog problems that you could solve with automation, because you really want to weigh the benefits of, of many of these, because it might be worth you personally fixing this issue. But, but if there's a, a bigger issue that could be automated, that brings more value in a shorter amount of time, maybe that's the one you focus on, right? So have a, have a bigger view of the automation needs that are going on in your, in your network. Right. And then maybe it's a different team, you know, and, and, and collaborate. And I think this is another big piece of, of network engineers and uh, network engineers adopting automation is the collaboration piece that they need to to make with their existing you know, team members, um, because you'll be surprised that little pockets of automation are already happening and nobody knows about it. You know, some guy over here has got his Ansible script and he's not telling anybody that he's using it. And it would be so powerful and valuable if he did and could share that, not only the script, but how to modify, right? So, but I would say, find out where your automation needs are, figure out what's benef most beneficial, work on that problem for sure. How do I solve it? How do I do that in Ansible? But then make sure that you take the time. And this is, this is critical because network engineers think so quickly in their day-to-day document the process of 
what does a pre-check look like? Before I make this change, what are the metrics that I'm looking at? What is the state of the network that I need to look at before I make this change? They make then then you actually make the change and then you say, okay, now what what should what sh what net new things? So that now you're doing a post check. What net new things should have been, you know, manifested through this change? And do I have connectivity to all the other things that need that that should should not have changed, right? And so always doing a pre-check validation, doing the work, and doing a post-check validation. And that's how you can because because automation is about trust and confidence too. Like you and I both share experience about we don't really trust these automations that we first started <laughs> yes. with, right? Because there was no val validation or deterministic way to understand if this actually worked. And so you want to build trust and confidence in these automations. And that's how you do it. You have to have those bookends to the automation itself. And here's what's critical about that too. Now, when those automations kind of mature and, and you've built them out with the proper pre-checks, post-checks, even you know, reverting, if there is a, a catastrophic failure, reverting something that you, 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 know, you weren't expecting, but it, it does tend to happen sometimes. Um, the nice thing about that is now you feel you have the trust and confidence in the automations to share them not only with your own team, but ultimately, can we publish these automations out through maybe through it through an API of some sort so that other teams can leverage them? And, and I'll share a story with you. Um, I was at uh, I was at one of the, the networking events, and somebody was contacting me about talking about automation. And he had been in a couple of sessions where they were really Python centric, like really like you need to learn to code, you need to be a Python expert to leverage these things. And he said, you know what, I I that's too much for me. I'm a one guy, you know shop with, uh, you know, I have an IT team. What I really want is for the IT team, when they have to do something like uh, reset a port because of, uh, or find a MAC address in the network, you know, or reset a port because a, a customer is, you know, their, their desktop's frozen. I just want them to be able to do that themselves. Like, I don't want them to call me for those little tasks because again, they become, they, they create backlog. And he goes, I would love to be able to build this, you know, and he's, he'll get there. It was very complicated because he's starting with net net nothing on on programming experience because but what if i could build this i would build really basic stuff and then i would want to trust it so that i could i could publish it so that the it team could go oh that's a it's a port reset click this button it's all self-service boom it finds the mac address that that port was on wherever it is in the network resets the port because that's the solution for the for that particular problem and off off to go and he said if i could do that that simple thing and publish that out and trust that that would free up so much more time for me. See, that's a really cool so, use case right there. That's a cute, that's a really cool workflow use case though, because it's not just, it is. you're not just creating a VLAN, right? You're actually going to multiple devices potentially. And so you're going to have to give that information back to your, your automation component, whatever it is, right? If it's Python or Ansible, whatever you're using for your automation tool or framework, but literally you're going to get a Mac address and maybe an IP address. I don't know. And you're going to have to figure out where that, device is connected in your physical network to be able to shut and no shut the port or to change the VLAN or whatever, right? Like that's a huge because you could be anywhere in the network and you literally got to go find it and, and you have to have some sort of iterative process um, until you actually find a device that owns that MAC address and then you find the port and then you shut the port down, right? So there's a lot of methods you could do, functions. I mean, that's awesome. That's a great workflow use case in my opinion. Yeah, and, and think about this. And, and so that's that's what we're trying to get network engineers to understand is it starts with maybe a small thing, like how to make a how to change how to how to reset a port, shut, you know, shut no shut 
on a, on a switch or a router, right? That's the, that's the small like thing they're just trying to solve, right? But then you build the bookends, bookends to it, and now it becomes a reusable task that can be used in something bigger, you know? And so this, like, okay, now we have to find a MAC address. We have to iterate this, you know, this across a network. And then we can, we can launch this script that will reset that particular port once we identify it. And so now you see how building a library of even small things can be used together. And this is, again, this is like all net new territory for network engineers, but programmers have been doing this for a long time, oh, right? Yes. They, they program yeah. modularly, they share libraries, they do all these things. And so this is the mentality that network engineers are, will start to pick up. They will. We, the tools are there. The tools are getting better. Um, they just need the initiative to go. And then the, the other part that we expose them to at Itential is, okay, now think about, you're thinking purely in the process of the world of networking. Now step outside of that once you've solved those problems. When you, before you make a change on the network, don't you have to open up an IT service ticket somewhere yeah. or update one, right? And before that, you know, there's an approval process, perhaps, depending on the complexity or where you're making changes in the network, right? Change control. And then board. after, yeah, exactly, right? And then, and then is there an IPAM system? Is there a, you know, is there a source of truth where you're pulling IP addresses or host names or something from, you know, or some sort of inventory? And now you're, you start to look at all this. And, and so you make the change. And you know now you're updating tickets. Maybe you're sending emails out. Maybe you're doing Slack notifications as part of this whole process. And so now where you started from, as you kind of widen, broaden the view out of the whole process, now you start to see more things you can automate into this. And, and honestly, this is where you get the most effective benefit of automation. You know, I, you get a lot of benefit from automating the task. But now as you start to build out automation across these different IT systems, you, you're starting to see a lot more, a lot more benefit in time and money and the ability to onboard a new customer or bring an application up. And, and it's, and it's going across multiple domains and multiple systems. And ultimately that's kind of the end state, right? With automation is being able to take every single group and domain within an IT organization and build automations across them so that you can as quickly as possible build new applications, new services, bring up customers, whatever it may be. No, that's great. I got a couple things, right? I, I don't like to interrupt. So um, you mentioned something earlier about, and it's totally a little bit late because I should have said it right at the beginning, right? You mentioned something earlier about um, you know those those network engineers that are doing their own autom automation um, yeah. background and no one knows about it, right? You know how we have the word shadow IT? Well, now we got shadow automation. Like this is like like that's that I'm gonna highlight that because that's that's what it is. Like you're you're hiding the fact that you're doing automation. You don't want anyone knowing. You're, you're it's shadow automation. Like that that's pretty cool. So um, but then uh, so I want to I want to dive in here to an, the example you used real quick, just to paint a little bit of a picture. Again, I've never done this. I do know programming, but my idea here is like let that workflow you mentioned about. You know, finding a MAC address, finding the port, shutting, you know, shut the port, right? So the first step is you'd write some sort of, you know, automation script of some sort. I don't know if it's called a script. Let's say it's a script. Uh, and all it is is it accepts a probably a device IP um, credentials, I'm sure. And then um, a port number, some sort of port, you know, variable. And then, hey, we're going to go shut, you no, know, shut that port, right? Um and that seems pretty simple, right? And that would be like maybe one script. I don't know. I don't know if it would be a method or a function, so you can correct me here if I'm wrong. And then you have another... It could another, be all of the above. It could be all the above, right? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you'd have another script 
that finds your MAC address, right? So maybe it accepts an IP address and, and it accepts a device to log into and then you search for the MAC address or whatever, something like along those lines. Think of how you look up a MAC address today um, and all the commands you would need to use to find that MAC address, right? You maybe show IP ARP and, and show MAC address table, all those things, right? And that'd be another script or whatever, right? Function, method. So you have those two functions that you just create, right? Those are individual things, easy, fairly easy, and then you create like this other higher level automation script that calls both of those, but it does like some sort of looping function where it says, hey, I need to find this MAC address, but I don't know where it is. Here's where my network is. And then it return back what the next hop is, what the next address is, right? So literally that's, that's the process at a high level that I'm thinking that you could do simple with automation to make it easy to just go and say, yep, I'm going to go find this MAC address and shut and no shut that port. Simple. Yeah. You, you, so you're really just thinking through as a network engineer of your manual process. And then it's just a matter of translating that into whatever tools or programming language that you choose to, you know, to express it in. And that's, that's it. And, 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 and as simple as you can, you know, different, different tools and systems will, will make it easier depending on your, your, um, you know, your background. Um, you know, we, we do a drag and drop low code canvas where we expose a lot of these functions where you can just drop them in and then build, you know, a, a, a flow with, you know, you know, on success of this particular task, then do this. And so it's very much along the lines of a simple way to do it. But if you're going to, you know, on a canvas, but if you're going to do it in programming, then you would look up the, you know, the primitives of what you just said yeah. and then, and then build those together, ideally in a, in a single script, but then, but you see the idea of modularization. And modularization of, of different scripts can take different forms, right? But this is that's the whole principle. And now I can share these little libraries, these little modules, these little scripts, all of the above, with my team, mm -hmm. you know, and they can start to leverage them. And even if they're not directly applicable, like for instance, maybe you don't do a no, uh, you know, a shut, no shut on a on a on an AP, but there is the there is the same idea of having to reset something. And so now I could take your logic. And start building that out as a framework. And so this is a beautiful thing about sharing this work that network engineers really need to do. So we need to pull those guys out of the shadow who are doing automation yes. and say, God, automation. hey, teach us, you know, teach us what you're using, teach us how you're using it. And, uh, you know, everybody come to the table and share, like, you know, their background in their automation, because ultimately this is the way it needs to be done. Like automation cannot take place in pockets, you know, even within the networking domain. Oh, the, you know, the SD-WAN guys, they know how to do automation, but the data center guys, they, have, they don't do any of it. It's all manual there. Like, no, we need automation across all of it. Why? Because your SD-WAN, your customer at the end of the SD-WAN connection is accessing things in your data center, right? Or in the cloud and all these other places where infrastructure exists that you are responsible for as a team. And, and so you have to have automation across all of it. Otherwise, one of you guys is going to be a bottleneck. And you know what? I'm tired of network engineers being the bottleneck. We yes, get blamed I, for everything. Well, we get blamed for everything, but then it's <laughs> always like we have to come back and say, yeah, it's going to be three months before we can do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be three months before we can implement that new application or service. And this is why people go to cloud. This is why people go or businesses go to cloud. And this is why businesses are adopting automation, right? If it's going to take three months to get a new application up and running, that's a problem for businesses today. So you either have to adopt automation in, in like a pro public or private cloud or something, and then you got to change your workflows. I mean, I have I have customers that are they're changing that thirty 
30 day or, or three month time window down to like seconds, like 25, 50 seconds. I mean, it's critical. It's awesome. It's, it's huge yeah. return on, on time. Right. And, and let's be, let's be honest and Frank, right. Time is the greatest resource. We talk about, you know, money and, and then also technical resources like uh, memory and CPU and bandwidth, but like time we, we can do more if we are able to automate things. And that, that's truly amazing. Um, so yeah, those shadow automation engineers got to get them out of the shadows, right? Come out of the dark, the dark uh, cubicle corners or whatever, and, and come hang out, right? Come teach us stuff. Um, let's have some fun. Let's automate things. Let's learn some Python. Um, real quick, I do want to highlight the process that you highlighted, right? I want to re-highlight it because I think it's extremely important. Um, I think that's one of the best takeaways, minus my shadow automation reference. But I mean, that's pretty cool. Of course. <laughs> um, so, so you know, for everyone, I'm going to paraphrase, and then and, and then Rich can tell me if I'm hold really wrong and say, Zig, you got it wrong, and you can correct me. So um, the first thing is, if you have an idea, right, you have some sort of thing you're going to automate, you want to complete a pre-check in your code, right? You want to complete some validation that, hey, before I make a change, is this actually something I need to do type of thing? That's my logic in my head, right? And in the words that you used uh, was like, treat it like you're doing it yourself. Treat it like you're actually going to go make that change. So I would go in, if I'm going to make a, a routing change or I'm going to make a port change or something like that, I'd go in, I'd do a show command of some sort, some sort of not just show run, but probably some sort of show on that protocol and validate, hey, yes, that is correctly configured today. That's what I want to change. And then once I validate that, then I move down to making the change. That's step two or phase two or, or you know of the process, make the change. And then after I made the change, there's a complete a post check, right? You're going to complete that post check. Now that post check could have multiple outcomes, but one of the outcomes is what was changed, what should have been changed, right? Let's have a validation. I, I plan to change these things. Did those, th those things change? Yes or no? And then what shouldn't have changed? You want to have a kind of a validation of, hey, these things should never have changed. And if they did, there's a problem. And if there's a problem, the last part of that is to revert if there's a problem. Now, if there's not a problem and everything's good, everything's green, let's say, then we report back saying everything was successful and we have that output as like everything was good to go. That yeah, paraphrases it that, all, right? That's very well done. Very well done. And, you know, and we, and we want to take these concepts, you know, very simple at first, but then I want, I want network engineers to also understand that to expand that out. So with the power of automation, you can do a lot of validation like on the on the system you're making a change, right? So if I'm, I'm making a change, like you said, if I'm making a change, I can look at the routing protocols, I can look at the state of an interface. And, and but we both know that, you know, routing is a two way street. So just because I have a route that says I can get to this place, maybe there's not a route on the other side. So so now my automation can actually access another system, right? And do validation the other way. Um, so you can expand that out. Maybe your first layer of, of validation is what do I check on the system, right? Pre-check, post-check. And then maybe you go, hey, you know, it'd be great. Sometimes it's, an, it's a process where you iterate, right? Because sometimes we miss things. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It happens. I know network engineers aren't oh, perfect. No. We, we miss never things. miss anything. We and never it's like miss next time. Yeah. Next time I should ping it from this or next time I should make sure the route exists in this router, right? Because all of a sudden something happened and, and I didn't foresee that. And, and, you know, ironically, a lot of this process, I say it's subconscious because it truly is subconscious in the network engineer's mind, especially if it's like they do it all the time. But ironically, 
you know, for years we're supposed to be writing these th- things down in operations manuals. And things like that. Yeah, right. Come on. I mean, documentation's right, but- like the most important thing, and none of us do. It. I know. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, here's another dirty little networking secret, right? Let's just shove this one under the under the rug. But but that's kind of what we're doing. And but we're doing it in a way that brings value not just to you when you run the script, but to everybody who now runs the script. You're now being able to to culminate all of this in, important intelligence through through being wise enough to avoid a mistake or having made the mistake, right? Building that back into these routines and this automation. And that's where we build trust and confidence. It's like, okay, I, not only do I have Zig's like ideas of, of what these, what these pre-checks and post-checks look like, but Rich who makes 10 times more mistakes on the network <laughs> now has built in his, and now we've got some ironclad pre-checks and post-checks. And that's where, where you can feel confident about the automation. And then not only share it out with your team, but share it out with people outside of your team, right? Because what I see it is, is we're encapsulating the combined knowledge and it's, you know, of, of network engineers over time, you know, and all the things that they've run into, we've put it in an automation. And I, and I look at that and go, yep, I trust that because I know the people who, who, who built that and I know what they know. That's awesome. That is great. All right. So um, we have a process for everyone. Right, it's a pretty good process. I mean, we'll we'll reserve the right to make changes as things change. Right, as as we get more information, or maybe someone will say, "Hey, you forgot this," but that's the whole point here. That's the same thing with building a script or an automation. You're going to have other people that have other problems or issues, and now you can inject those checks or validations, whatever you want to call them, into that process too. So, I think that's great. Um, hey, you know, do you have any other comments to kind of? talk about i think we hit every kind of note that we wanted to hit today um any other thoughts comments concerns questions yeah no i think that um, i think we hit the, the the biggest pieces which is you know network engineers are they have a valuable role to play in automation and i like i said i i i would stand up and argue in front of a jury that they have the most critical role based off of not only where they exist in an enterprise network or a service provider network they they touch everything they're they're, they're a part of everything. Um, I, I would encourage network engineers to never stop learning. Like we're all in technology. Think about all the network stuff that you have to learn. Like think 10 years ago, all the new technologies, the new acronyms, the new protocols, the new networks, you know, overlays, underlays, all those things. You know, we constantly learn. Let's not shut down when somebody says, Hey, do you know how to write code, right? Like I'm telling you, you don't need to know how to write code the way they do, but you do need to learn something about it. And history proves it out. I know know, myself, I learned a lot of storage because storage and networking, iSCSI and and different types of NAS technologies, right? If you're trying to troubleshoot these for some people, it's more than just packets over the port, right? Sometimes you actually have to look at the protocols and see how they work. And 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 it makes you a better engineer network engineer to know these things. And so I think it's the same thing. We have the capability of learning these things. We, it's been very difficult in the past. We haven't had the right tools. You know, we've, we've got so much more going on in the network now that it doesn't provide the time that it did in the past where we could learn new things. And so, but, but the reality is, I mean, look at the expansion of the network. Like the network has kind of exploded now in, in, in ways that maybe we, we really are kind of scared of. Where is your, you know, where is your user today? Everywhere. It's not, he, he, yeah, he's everywhere. He, he, that person is not just like, you know, at, at my campus network or, or on a branch. It's at home. It's in a 
public Wi-Fi. It's at a coffee shop. It's in the park. You know, that, that, that user is everywhere. Where's my application nowadays? Everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> it could be anywhere, right? Which cloud? Multiple. Yep. And so, and so, right? yeah, exactly. And, and what we're seeing also is that like network engineers are constantly having to learn new things. So how much more cloud stuff are network engineers going to get in, engaged and involved with? And, you know, multi-cloud, because what we've seen is if you're going to deploy things like just a few things and say AWS, networking is simple. But and now you've got dozens or hundreds of VPCs. How do you connect those together? Oh, you use something called Transit Gateway. Well, really, what, what is that? Well, that's just BGP under the hood, you know, and, and AWS's impl- strange Alice in Wonderland implementation of, of how they do it. And now it gets so complicated. Who do they have to pull in to, that understands BGP? The networking, right? <laughs> Us, right? Yep. And, yeah, exactly. And that's not CLI driven. That's API driven. That's dashboard driven, right? And so, and so now, and, and we're talking about one cloud platform. We've got Azure. We've got Google Cloud. We've got all these niche cloud platforms that enterprises are pushing applications and, and SaaS and all this to all these different platforms. Network guy, string all this together and make yep. it work. Yep. You're on and, it, right? You have to make it all work. That's right. And so, so it like we have to continue to evolve and learn these things. And and if one thing we know is anything in the cloud involves automation. That's like table stakes, right? And so if we're if we're going to build upon our infrastructure on cloud stuff, <laughs> we have to learn automation to a higher level, and including things like APIs and and how to how to how to maybe not necessarily like we need to take the same concepts that we're used to with like individual network elements, and and figure out ways to kind of apply them to now this new cloud infrastructure so that we know how to manage them. We know how to automate across them. Yeah. So I was going to say like, um, I was going to add just a, a kind of terminization here that uh, we have to automate for the entire enterprise and enterprise is not like a customer, like a cu- specific customer environment. Like enterprise means whatever that environment is and it's not, it could be service provider. It could be customer, like commercial, it could be whatever. Um, from a, like a market standpoint, I'm talking like as a network engineer, you need to be able to be part of the entire business's automation. Um, because again, like like if we can automate things on the network, we can also automate things within the application. And we can tie that automation together, right? Um, and that gets into a, a whole different world. Uh, instead of just like being the the underlying infrastructure for the applications and services well now you can tie the automation together do workflow automations build up build down scale up scale down as the applications and as the business needs i mean this is this is a whole different world in my opinion than what it was 15 and 20 years ago and honestly we we can embrace it and we can be critical in that that shift and that evolution yeah i agree completely i think there's really no it's really an exciting time I, again I, I will date myself Started an ISP in the 90s, and I struggled with this. I absolutely struggled with this, even in a smaller scale, thinking I should be able to do this coming from a programming background. And now there are so many ways to do this with, with not a whole lot of uh, investment into becoming like, you know, super programmer guy. Yeah. Like you don't have to do that nowadays. And, and I think, you know, the barrier is time. The barrier is this mental barrier that says I that's the way I have to do it is learn all this programming stuff and, and breaking those barriers down, right? So first of all is you don't have to invest a year and a half to become a programmer. You can start doing things pretty quickly based off of existing tools, assets, work, uh, you know, 
playbooks and Ansible, things like that, based off of your skill set and what you're interested in. Uh, and then, and then second, you know, it's critical for everybody's organization. Like this, this is the future. It absolutely is. And so we need to bring our, our brothers and sisters and networking along this journey and get them up to speed. And I know they can do it. I know they can do it. We've seen it in the past. I, I, they are probably the most capable group <laughs> of people out there for picking up technology. And I don't want them to be like the curmudgeon old, you know, the guy that's been there for decades. It's like, no, I don't want to learn anything. Like, no. you're not the mainframe programmer. You're the network engineer. Your life is invested in learning new stuff, and you can do this. Yeah, I think that's a going out, going around uh, theme is that if you're in network engineering, you are learning every day. Like, there is something right. new that you have to learn, and there's something that just got released, and so this makes sense. Like, here's just something else you have to learn, right? I mean, think of it like new network engineers just starting out today. They're already learning automation. They're already learning programmability day one. That's Whereas, right. You know, someone like me, I, I, I went to, I had a programming degree, but now I have to go back through and learn some of the other things I didn't learn, right? Like I know C and C++ and, and Java, but those aren't used really anymore, right? So we got to learn Python and Unansible and, and et cetera. We've said all these tools before. So um, we just have to embrace it. Right. We have to embrace it. And it's not going to, we're not going to become programmers. Like that's, we're not going to be programming all day. That's not what we're doing. We're automating. We're automating the network. We're automating the business from a, you know, an IT perspective across the board. Um, Rich, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for joining me today. I think it's been a great show. One last question for you. So where can all the listeners find you on the interwebs and keep the conversation going? Well, thanks, Zig. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. It was all, definitely a, a, an enjoyable time with you. I look forward to perhaps more because there's more to unpack for sure. But uh, yeah, you can. You, I, I post quite a bit on uh, our website, different blogs and you know, white papers and things like that. Itential.com. That's I-T-E-N-T-I-A-L.com. Uh, you can email there at info at itential.com. And if you want to contact me directly, just just say, hey, need to talk to Rich. Um, but if you're, you can also follow us on Twitter at, at itential and, um, yeah, we appreciate it and check, you know, if, if you guys are really interested, like we always believe that automation, all automation is good, especially in the networking world, we, we desperately need it. Uh, we've got a lot of free tools and services and, uh, you know, our mantra is helping that network engineer get to that point, do automation as quickly as possible using whatever controllers, whatever, you know, frameworks, programs, scripts, let's leverage it all and let's bring them along this journey. Rich, again, man, I appreciate it. Hey, everyone, I will have those links in the show notes so you can get a hold of Rich and the company he works for and get into all that automation stuff that we talked about today. Hey, friends, nerds, geeks, and Ziglets, that's going to close out today's episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where we discuss the actual impact of network automation on your career. What happens to you in your career if you do not adopt network automation as a network engineer, as a network designer, and as a network architect? Hey, today's show notes will be at zigbits.tech slash 84. Make sure you follow our guest expert, Rich Martin. All of his content information will be in the show notes. Hey, this month, March 2021, we have a giveaway. This giveaway is a joint giveaway with Dewan Lightwood, Lab Every Day, and Erica Cooper, Tech Lady. You can follow them on Twitter. I have their links in the show notes. We are going to give away five copies of The Network Warrior by Gary Donahue. That's right. You heard it. Again, that's five different winners this month. So check out the hashtag ZigbitsMarch2021 giveaway to join the real-time conversation on Twitter and get into the giveaway right now. 
All the details are at zigbits.tech giveaway. Hey, if there's something you would like us to give away in the future, let us know. We're looking for ideas. So feel free to email us. Hit up us, hit us up on socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Just, you know, we got an idea, send it our way. If you want to have live network design conversations right now, joining you can join the Zigbits Discord community. That's a great free community. There are tons of highly skilled experts ready to help you with your network design questions, be it service provider related or enterprise campus related or whatever it might be. If you have any type of question, routing related, uh, we're there to help. You can go to zigbits.tech slash discord to join. And again, it is a 100% free community. Hey, I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but I need to do it again. We are literally about to open the doors on our network design course. As soon as I finish stage six, I will be officially launching this course. If you want to stay in the know about this course and what's going on and when we launch it, you can join the email list at zigbits.tech slash network design. Feel free to ask questions and I will provide answers as much as I can, as fast as I can. Hey, if you like today's episode, let us know. You can find more Zigbit's network engineering, network design, and network architecture content, including technical podcasts, monthly webinars, YouTube videos, and a dedicated community on Discord. All of those things are free, free content, my friends. You can find all of this and much more at zigbits.tech. You can follow us on Twitter as well at Zigbits and find us on LinkedIn. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter, the Network Design Digest, filled with the best network design content in network engineering today. Uh, if you want to join this news- newsletter, just go to zigbits.tech newsletter. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening. Don't forget to attack your goals, attack the day, attack your life, and make progress, my friends. Until next time, bye for now.